Okay. I'm going out on the limb. I'm used to going out on limbs, so this won't be anything new for me. But I want to, okay, I I'm, I'm want to do this podcast because I want you to think about something. Black and white, I don't care what your race is and your ethnicity, except I don't even care what your favorite color is. I just don't. doesn't matter. Because, because what I'm going to present to you is an argument that just removes the, the victimology and removes the defense of many minorities. Yeah, boy. Yes, this is, and it is. And if this is a rational argument, then I would love to have anybody white too, because there there are victims, white victims. No, they're, they're a victim because they're white. I'm going to put. I'm going to present my argument and an example, and then I'm going to challenge you to refute it. Tell me where I am wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to make several premises to my argument, and then I'm going to lay it on you as the saying goes. Okay. First and foremost, let's let's talk about black people in general. Let's begin with that because. If you watch the the news or you read or they are the most oppressed, disadvantaged people in this country. I mean, the whole system is against them. Systemic racism. You hear this. It's just laughable, but in one sense, but in another, not. Um, I think most people would would agree. Oh, there were you know there was slavery in this country. It was so terrible. And, you know, the racism is so ingrained in the mindset in, in every branch of government, in every household, you know, white household, that is, um, across the board. Racism everywhere you go, oppression, disadvantage, lack of opportunity. You know, you hear these things day in and day out on television. Um, and that happened to me. <laughs> I remember um, years ago, I was sitting, I was waiting in a driver license place, and I was sitting, yeah, okay, I was sitting on a bench, there was like, it's one of those things where there's several seats in, in a row uh, in a bench, and it was boring. It was, it was in Florida. It was Duval County. It was taking like forever for these people to do things. They were just like so freaking slow. And well, I don't know about your driver's license, man. This freaking old woman is, and I'm going to say white. So, you know, I'm not making fun of a black woman. This old white woman, big as a freaking house. So many chins. I couldn't count them. you know, wearing glasses, looking down, um, and talking to this other woman, she was, uh, you know, in the driver's license bureau saying, well, I don't know, you know, your driver's license is expired and you got to fill out these uh, forms and we can get, you know, I thought, why don't you just say your driver's license is expired. So just fill out these forms and we'll get you going next. No, <laughs> it was this, oh man, it was like reading the freaking war and peace word for word. So I was sitting there and now at one moment in time, there was an older black woman sitting right next to me, to my right. She was ahead of me. And she 
when they called a number, she moved one seat away from me. Then she was, she was like three seats away from me. And I was just sick and tired of the stupidity, the intellectual, you know, vacancy. Really, I thought, I'm surrounded by idiots, not the woman that was sitting next to me, but these people working at this driver's license bureau. They were idiots. And I thought, you know. So anyway, the black woman moved. I think she was, by at this time, three seats away from me. And I was so bored, and there was nobody else there. She was, was only she and I were there, and the people that were at the counters. So I didn't feel like getting up and moving every time she moved, because of, there was nobody out. Now, if I saw somebody come in, or a couple people coming in, I would have moved so they knew that I was right, and I was the next one in line after this black woman. Well, this black dude, probably in his forties. I was in my early 30s. He was like in his late 40s. He comes walking in. He stands right in front of me. And I'm not even looking up at him because I'm like in Never Never Land. And he says to me, what's the matter? Yeah. You can't sit next to a black woman. You racist. You're sitting over here because you want to sit next to him. And I looked up and I wanted to beat the shit out of him because I thought, you freaking dumbass. I'm not sitting next to her because I'm tired of playing musical chairs with all these idiots running this driver license bureau who are just taking like forever to deal with people. It had nothing to do with it. If he would have come, what, 15, 20 minutes earlier, he would have seen me sitting right next to this woman. He assumed that I was racist or didn't want to be seen sitting next to this older black woman. That was his assumption. No evidence. Now, did I scream, no, you're the racist, you know, I love black, old black women, um, I, I have a bad lay. I didn't do anything. I just looked at him like, you are a freaking idiot. So what did I do? I got up and I sat right next to her. Didn't say anything to him, didn't say anything to her. And she was nice. You know, she didn't know what the hell was going on either. And then he said, uh, yeah, see, somebody say something to you. You want to look bad, so you sitting by her now. I thought, I'd have just get up and just beat the living shit out of you for being stupid. But I didn't. Controlled myself. And thought, how pathetic is it for a person to behave like this in the public place? That's how I handled it. Now, let me begin. This is the, okay, this is the beginning. In the news, everywhere you look, we're told how oppressive the American system, governmental system is to minorities, particularly blacks. We learn, and there is truth to this to a degree. It's not the institutions, though. It's individuals. Keep that in mind. It's people. It's not the institutions. It's not the Constitution. It's not the Bill of Rights. Those things are not against black people. They're not, or Asians or anybody else. But individuals serving in government are. I'll give you that. There are people who are serving in government who are racist, who are against blacks, who hate them. That's true. Just like there are blacks who hate whites. or are institutions, academia, news organizations. So there is not, racism is not a one-way street. Racist, anybody can be racist. Any race can be racist. When I lived in South Korea, there were some of the most racist people. They hate black people in the general sense. Not every single Korean, but basically, Koreans believe that they are it. <laughs> They're the master race. I'm not kidding you. 
Um, and <clears throat> for instance, against other Asian uh, peoples, Koreans hate Japanese. Of course, Japanese did a lot of terrible things to Korea, the Korean people, particularly in the 20s. Um, you know, well, before the 20s and through the 20s, through the 30s, into the, you know, into the 40s, they, were, they did horrific. They did it to the Chinese, too. The Japanese did horrific things to the Chinese. Um, I'm trying to remember that one town, that city they went into, and they just, it was Nanking, the Rape of Nanking. The Japanese went into that city, and the atrocities were just, oh, unbelievable. But the point I'm trying to, it's just not, I kind of sidetracked you. Let's stay, let's stick on the original thing. Um, the news organizations, the, the general mindset is that the American system is racist, systemic racism, which is false, but that's what's being put forward. It's individuals that who are racist, not the institutions. So if in this country with this tremendous opportunity that foreigners are doing everything they can to get here legally and illegally to this system. Um, if it, if this system truly does benefit its citizens and then another group says it does not, what is the evidence? Yes. What is the evidence? So let's examine the evidence. The premise is that, um, black men and women, black people are disadvantaged in this country. That's that's it. Because of slavery, because of something that happened back in you know hundreds of years ago, that somehow is oppressing people, uh, black people today. False is false. Um, racism racism has nothing to do with a teenager who decides he's not going to or she is not going to apply themselves in school and get an education. And even though the educational public school system is poor, still you can learn. You can take the initiative and learn as an individual. So if a child or a teenager or young man decides they're not going to work at getting an education, how does that have anything to do with racism? Isn't that more with the individual? Uh, if so, if a person decides they're not going to get an education, they're going to sell drugs or they're going to steal or whatever they're going to do to get the things they want. And then they get arrested for stealing or selling drugs and something and go into the system. How is it the system? How is that racist of a system punishing someone who broke the law um, and, you know, is now found guilty and is sent to prison or something. How is that racist? Now, I will say that decisions of individual judges to impose harsh sentences on people may be racially motivated. That's true. And it may even be unjust that he decides he's going to send this man away for 20 years for his third offense. But this other man who did something even far greater because he's white, he, he makes adjustments to his sentence so he doesn't serve the whole time. Um, maybe has a mandatory parole hearing 
that's going to allow this man to get out early. So I'm not saying that individuals don't manipulate the law and do racist things or unethical or unjust things. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if a young man decides he's not going to get an education, he will not get an education, go to school or do his homework or whatever. So now he doesn't qualify. He doesn't have a good education. So he does, or he didn't even finish high school. So now he doesn't qualify for a, a job or a career in a trade that's going to pay him well. So he turns to crime and because of his crimes, he's caught and sentenced and put in jail. That's not racist. That's not systemic racism. That's not the society. That's the individual choosing to live his life in such a way he jeopardized his freedom. Now, I saw something recently where it was talking about black people being disadvantaged because they never learned their history. Yeah. He was a, and the, the reference was to slaves. That's um, when blacks were brought here as slaves, um, the master, you know, the plantation, um, he did not, there was not an opportunity for them to learn about their, their family history, their, their culture. They were stripped from wherever they came from. They were stripped from that environment, brought here, and now they were slaves. And the only thing they were exposed to was what the master allowed them to be exposed to. Well, that's true. That is true. They were taken from their homelands and brought here. And some from their homelands, you know, lived together as slaves. So there was some. But it is true. When you were taken from your family, from your culture, and you're brought to a foreign, foreign land as a slave, um, you're basically cut off from your history. That is true. I don't argue with them on that. Um, where I do differ with him is thinking that simply because they a person was stripped from their home life and their culture and brought to a foreign land as a slave, that affected that person at that time. That somehow, hundreds of years later, individuals of the same race are disadvantaged by what happened to that individual. It cannot be reconciled logically or reasonably. It's like saying that if, if I was black, it'd be like saying that because I'm black um, or my race is black, that somehow um, what happened to a relative of mine or just another black man or black woman several hundred years ago, because what happened to them I don't have opportunity today. That is just, uh, it's just insane to really buy into that argument. It's, it's just insane to think along those routes because it's so false. It's false. What I decide to do today with my life and what I decide to be as an individual has, is not dependent upon anybody but me. Now, I may benefit in some way from knowing my history and my family, but not knowing my history and my family, my culture does not stop me from taking advantage of the opportunities that are before me today and benefiting from them across the board.
It doesn't. My race does not stop me from getting an education. It doesn't. In this day and age, and for quite some time, the American dream has been available to everybody. Everybody who wanted the American dream. Um, when I was thinking about, let me, you know, can, let me give you this comparison because I feel like I'm going to lose you if I don't, and uh, you're gonna you're gonna lose your train of thought, which is so easy for many people. Okay, here's the premise by this other person that men and women, black men and women living today are disadvantaged in this society because they do not have the history of their people to tell them who they are as a person. It's the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard. But And I really like the guy, too, Farrakhan. He made that statement. And I really like a lot of what he says. He speaks a lot of truth. In this, in this particular instance, he's wrong. What happened, whatever the history was that I don't have access to because it wasn't preserved and stuff from slave days, does not prevent me from taking opportunities in this day and age and being all I can be. It doesn't. It's not this freaking crutch. It's not the shackles of the past that keep me in the present. That's BS. It isn't. And I'm going to give you my argument, and you think about this. That's his premise. The lack of our knowing our history from the past, from the slave days when we are brought to this country, um, prevents us from knowing who we are as, as an individual, who we are as a race. That's his argument. Because they don't, we don't know our family history. We don't know our cultural history. So, so he's saying that keeps you from having advantage and opportunity in this life. Well, if that is true, then isn't an orphan disadvantaged? And kept from opportunity. Because orphans don't know their family. They don't know their past history. All they know is what they know. From the time they can recognize things. And reason things out. From that time forward. Say around the age of eight. That's all they know. They only know the orphanage. The other children. The authority, authority figures. That's all they know. What they see, what they've experienced, they have no tie to a past. They have no tie to their family. They have no tie to a culture. They only have what they have experienced from the time that they could understand what was going on around them. That's it. You know, Gerald Ford, President Ford, he was an orphan. Mm -hmm. A lot of people have been orphans. A lot of people have adop been adopted into families and into cultures foreign to them and have done quite well. So I would say that's a, that's a perfect example of how fraudulent that claim is because of all the orphans, all the adopted children, all the, all the kids who left home early. I knew a girl left home when she was 14. Decided she, her home life was so bad she couldn't take it anymore. She took off at 14. Very hard life, very disappointed. She paid a terrible price for it. But her home life was so horrific she felt like she needed to get away. And so that is my argument. The example of the orphan. 
in this American system, the American way of life, if an orphan can make it without any past history, family, culture, etc., and with the opportunities that the American way of life has to give an individual, can can establish themselves and start their own families, all that type of stuff. If they can do that, then how in the world is a black person or any minority for that matter disadvantaged in this system of the American way of life? They're not. It's false. It's the individual. Granted, there may be circumstances in their life that keeps them from being all they can be. Like, for instance, um, a man, a young man be, may be in athletics and he's up and coming and he's doing real well and then he has a car accident and now he is paralyzed from the waist down. He cannot play in his sport any longer. Those things happen. Um, being fired from jobs, those things happen. Being kicked out of the house by your family, your girlfriend getting pregnant. I mean, there's just this litany of things that can go wrong in life. Um your house could catch on fire. There's there's just so many things in life that can occur to a person that can really impede their progress in life. But the the thing is, is they cannot impede the progress of the individual if the individual is set in their mind and moving forward. What do you do when you when your house burns down? You get another house. You find another place to live. Life goes on. What happens when your car breaks down? You get your car fixed. Or you get another car. So the cause and effect of life is when things happen, you deal with them. That's it. When an orphan is in an, in an orphanage and they become 18 years old and now they have to leave, they have to do something about it. They have to continue to live life. Some commit suicide, that's true. But I'm just saying, whether the child is adopted or the child ends up turning 18 and then is expelled from the orphanage and goes to a group home or, or something that allows them to mesh themselves into society, whatever happens, life goes on. And if you get to where you're blaming your present life on other people's behavior in the past, please, really, think about that. Yeah, think about that. And if you are blaming your current circumstances in this American way of life, of opportunity, if you are blaming your, your personal circumstances in life upon events that happened hundreds of years ago, I, I really question you. I question you having the balls to do it to begin with. Living off the suffering of other people in an attempt to justify your lack of application. Very, very weak argument. And wanting to reparations for the suffering of other people, something you didn't experience, something that has not affected you, that you say has affected you because you want to benefit from it, extremely low character. I would not be able to respect you as a person. 
Um, just like I don't respect Jewish people who live off the Holocaust. Yes, the Holocaust should always be remembered. It was a, it was just a horrific event, and I applaud Jewish people who keep the memory of the Holocaust alive. It needs to be. It, it, well, they, they still there's Holocaust all over, all over the world, but that was a specific uh, effort by a group of people to exterminate a, a people, a religious-bodied people. Yeah, that, that's what makes the Holocaust so horrific. That was state-sponsored murder and seizure of property by citizens of the country because they were Jewish. The, unless you really understand what went on with the Holocaust, you cannot really understand um, how horrific and how wrong the Holocaust really was. It wasn't just killing Jews. It was a country that put devised the system to kill or exterminate its citizens and seize their property um, because they were Jewish. Now, that is the only instance in the world I can think of the, now, granted, Chinese killed Chinese during Mao and all that, and the numbers were far greater, and Stalin killed his own people. But this was a government body that targeted a specific group of people. And yes, don't I know the history, so don't say, well, what about the homosexuals they killed? What about the political prisoners? What about the captured soldiers? Please. Yeah. You need to read... The final solution for the Jewish problem, if you really want to understand what the Holocaust was all about. Now, as much as I revere Jewish people, ecclesiastical citizens, academia, whatever, academics, for keeping the history of the Holocaust alive and showing it for what it really was, I take issue with Jewish people who use it for their own benefit charity organizations claiming that the Holocaust victims in, in the Ukraine or Belarus or wherever are starving Albania or starving to death. And you need to send them $25 a month so they can have these little care packages that this guy puts together. And yeah, um, maybe it's legitimate. And everybody has the right to spend their money the, the way they want it. They want to send it to this guy. And I don't know. You decide. Okay, I'm going to close this out. But I want you to keep that in mind. I want you to really think this through. And I'm not just talking blacks. I mean, the only reason I talked about black people was because they were slaves in this country hundreds of years ago in a system that where slavery was allowed as clear as the constitution is about all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with the, uh, the rights, the pursuit of liberty, the, uh, the pursuit of life, liberty, and no, was it the rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I'm paraphrasing it with the constitution as clear uh, and its intent that its citizens, that all citizens, um, are endowed by the Creator with unalienable rights 
And then the Bill of Rights, you know, explaining those rights. Yes, it's true. Slavery should have never been allowed in this country. That's a, that's a truth. And the things that went on during slavery, primarily whites dominating black slaves, but there were black men who had slaves too. But I don't even want to bring that up because that was there were so few. It's you know it's kind of like ridiculous to say. Well, it's the truth, but it's ridiculous. I only mention it because. I don't think most people are aware of that. However, the truth is that what happened in those times with a constitution and a bill of rights that clearly stated these people had rights as citizens that were they were deprived of, that is the truth. Yes, they were. It got corrected. Legally got corrected. And the Constitution was interpreted, and the Emancipation Proclamation ended slavery as, as a practice that was recognized by law. It ended it. It didn't end racism and hatred and murder of black men and women and children. It didn't end that stuff because there were still people who hated black men and women um, there were still people who wanted to keep their slaves slaves um, and and even on the local level did everything they could to prevent black people from having opportunities so they could support themselves. No, these are all realities too. And I'm not justifying the actions of individuals who did these kinds of things. I'm saying that the governmental system corrected the horrors of slavery and the legal protections for slavery on the federal level, the law of the land, federal, it ended that. Yes. Didn't end all the bad stuff. But that was the beginning for black men and black women to recognize their constitutional rights, unalienable rights, guaranteed by God, that white men had benefited from for decades. Yeah, I say decades, say over a century. They had benefited from those things. And now black men and women were being extended those, those rights by the abolition of slavery. Excuse me, abolition of slavery. Where we are today and has been for quite some time Tremendous opportunity for all of the citizens of this country. Everyone who comes here and becomes a citizen is ha has opportunity that cannot be found anywhere else in the world. That's a fact. What makes it difficult in our system is that it really comes down to the individual. Many other places, governments provide, in a way, um, provide things that's not that are not provided here like the health care in in the uk <clears throat> the nationalized health system however if you study the nationalized health system and the pros and cons of it you will discover you get better health care here than you do there yeah better care more timely care um access to uh, professionals, uh, specialists, and things like that.
So just because it's so-called free, and it's not free, the taxes in England or Britain are freaking oppressive. It's crazy. The Netherlands or Denmark, the taxes, the income taxes, the government, you know, income tax on individuals, it's just unbelievably high. So those things are not free. They're just being paid for by people who are working. People who are not working or on welfare are not paying the taxes for their health care. So for them, it is free. Yeah. Let me just close with this thing. I want, I just want, I want you to consider what I've said to you about the American way opportunity and the comparison I used um, between you know, a black person not knowing their history, as was as Louis Farrakhan, who I really like a lot of what he says, especially on family, responsibility, um, men's conduct toward women, women's conduct toward men. All He says a lot of good things. He says a lot of truth. I think he's wrong on this one. I don't think what happened to slaves all those many, many years ago has anything to do with an individual and their opportunity in this life any more than a child being given up as a child, as a baby, and put in an orphanage with no connection to their family, no family history, no culture, who only knows that orphanage, but yet goes out in the American way of life, has opportunities and seizes those opportunities and works to improve themselves and then benefits from the system of the American way. There is no difference between the deprivations of a black uh, man or woman from the deprivation of an orphan. There is no difference. It's all about the individual. It's all about what they do with their life that determines what happens in the broad scheme of things with their life personal responsibility or the lack of accepting that responsibility. The choices a person makes and the way they use the opportunities that come to them, those those things determine the quality of life a person has. Yeah. All right, that's it. No more to say. Take care.